Amigos Podcast with Vince, and I'm your host, Vince. So today, I wanted to talk about dandelion tea, because a part of this podcast is going to be sharing tea with my tea amigos. Uh, once we start getting guests on the show, we're going to be sharing a cup of tea, talking about it, going a little bit in depth with that cup of tea. So today, I'm going to start the show with what I'm drinking currently, which is dandelion root tea. So as many of you know what dandelions are, they're the annoying kind of weeds that we've just considered pests in our lives, in our yards. And if you're a dad out there, they might be the bane of your existence. But did you know? Dandelion roots, and actually the whole plant itself, is quite the nutritious supplement into your diet. Um, from root to flower to leaf, it's, it provides a lot of different types of benefits and nutrients um, that, yeah, you just can't find with other, well, you can find with other things, just it has high quality of it. And this is assuming that you're not spraying any sort of weed killer, um, like a Roundup on that. Please do not consume dandelions that you don't know where they uh, they came from just because, yeah, you don't want to be consuming any Roundup. Um, but that being said, I'm going to pour myself this cup. So dandelion root tea, just in general, it's a very the root itself is almost has a flavor of a, a very, very mild coffee, a mild coffee, a almost chocolatey type flavor. Let's see this. So this tea, this tea is actually, a, it's not any tea bag or anything. I, I bought just dandelion roots and kind of bulk because I add it to a lot of things. And so the, the chunks are about like a centimeter in length and width. It's almost like little squares and they're just dried dandelion root. So this tea is actually a lot more mild than if you buy like a dandelion root from any of the supplier, any tea supplier in like a tea bag. Typically it's, it's almost powdered type and you'll actually get more of the flavor but I like it in this in these large chunks. So back to the flavor, the yeah, the flavor that you get out of it is is a almost chocolatey coffee-like flavor. Very mild though. So don't get like super excited and it's gonna replace your chocolate cravings because trust me, it does not. I love chocolate and it does not replace chocolate. But it is a nice addition adding it or enjoying it by itself. But that's, I don't really drink it for the flavor per se. I actually really love the nutrition, like I was mentioning, about dandelion root. So first, I should note, I'm not a dietitian. I have a chemical engineering background. I love diving deep into chemistry of things. I love understanding kind of how things work. But I'm not a dietitian. So what I do... I buy, I like to read, I read some, some herbal books and one that I've really been drawn to. And if you follow me on Instagram or if you see my TikToks or anything that 
or I post about herbs. A lot of the information actually comes from different books, pre- predominantly this one. So shout out to uh, Body into Balance, an Herbal Guide to Holistic Self-Care by Maria Noel Groves. Uh, this this book, I just, it's great. It kind of breaks things down into different, here, let's look at the contents, like just different categories of where you might might want to go. I mean, my favorite thing to do is have an herb in mind and just go to the index and search for it. But in the contents, I mean, you have the foundation, part one is the foundations of good health. And that's broken down into basic needs, herbal nutrition, stress and energy, relaxation, mood and sleep, digestion and elimination, detox, cleanup time. And then you have part two going deeper and tying it together. This is when it it really goes deeper <laughs> into each of almost like the systems of our body, like the immune system, the respiratory system, um, your memory and cognition, longevity. And then there's a whole bunch of like 10 parts in there. And then part three is buying and making home uh, remedies. So this is where you actually kind of put it into, into you. So I've been drawn to this. It's a nice book. I would say if you're interested, um, check it out. This is not a sponsorship in any mean. This is just, uh, I really have found a lot of good use out of it myself. So it's called Body into Balance, an Herbal Guide to Holistic Self-Care by Maria Noel Groves. And sorry if Noel is not how you say it. There's a, I don't even know, has the two dots above the E, so it might not be Noel. But anyway, back to the dandelion root. So like I was saying, dandelion root, it, it's a, after reading through this and many other books, it's an awesome herb. It's one of those that you know because you see it everywhere. It's it's all over the world, I think. Definitely in the United States, I've seen it. Granted, I'm from the Midwest, and I've seen it everywhere in the Midwest, so I guess I, I'll say that. It's all over the Midwest, and they spread like crazy, dandelions. Um, so that's what people most know it for, but has these really awesome things. So if we open it to and just kind of read through what, what a dandelion is, at least from the nutrition standpoint. So this talks about how the, the leaves are, they're really bitter, uh, contain a bunch of iron and calcium. Um, the flowers have a lot of carotid, carotenoids like lutein. So sorry, again, if my pronunciation of these things is off, but C-A-R-O-T-E-N-O-I-D-S, carotenoids like lutein. Um, and then the the root, it says, does not really, just goes into the flavor of that. But here, additional benefits. So dandelion is an herbal pharmacopoeia. The leaves and roots offer similar benefits. Alongside their nutrient-dense density, they offer digestive bitters that stimulate all aspects of digestive function, as well as detoxification via the liver. So then it goes further, just kind of into what it does with the liver. Um, talks about how these are, it's a diuretic. And that's a, so if you don't know what a diuretic is, diuretics, they make you pee a lot. They kind of just st- they cleanse you and they don't allow your body to absorb. So 
in a health standpoint, it can be good to have these to just cleanse the body, like detox the body. What the root does is it actually encourages the body to eliminate sodium in the urine. So you need sodium. Yeah, sodium is actually a good thing. Um, but not at high doses, especially if you're not too active. And so this could be a good way to kind of uptake some of that sodium and release it. Um, one of the problems with diuretics is that it sometimes releases potassium as well. And you you need potassium for your body. But dandelion's got that covered because it has a lot of great nutrients. So, or a lot of great nutrients, including potassium. Um, so, yeah, I bring this up and I, and the reason I kind of wanted to drink dandelion root tea today was I wanted to kind of talk about tea and fasting. So I'm coming off a, I just finished a four day fast as of yesterday, last night, I broke a four day fast and what I left myself to, or what I chose to do was a fast that included water and tea. Now, I guess I can back this up a little. I have practiced fasting before. Um, This is something I didn't just jump into a four-day fast right off the bat, having no experience. I have... I was first introduced to the idea of fasting in college. My roommate, he started doing intermittent fasting. And if you don't know what intermittent fasting is, it's basically time-restricted eating. So you give yourself eight hours in the day to eat, and in 16 hours, you abstain from food. And the idea in that is your body actually goes into a state of what's called ketosis in those 16 hours, a mild state of ketosis, as well as you boost your autophagy, which is a natural process in your body. So he introduced me to it and I thought he was absolutely ridiculous. I thought it was one of the stupidest things I've heard. So I always made fun of him for, for doing that. I'm like, dude, you're ridiculous. And he was super into his health and bodybuilding type workouts, just really growing himself. And I was like, this is ridiculous. Like, you need food. It's what we've always been taught. So I, uh, yeah, I kind of shunned it for a while. And then after I graduated, I really actually, my brother started to talk about it too. And I started just hearing more about it. I started listening to podcasts and hearing more about it. And I was like, okay, maybe this is something. So I I got a little bit into, into the fasting. And I actually felt I did feel great doing it. I was super into the intermittent style fasting. So it and to be honest, when it I remember when it first began, I think when I first started it. I was counting down the minutes until I think I ate from like 12 to eight. Yeah. 12 to eight was my eating window. And I counted down those minutes till, till noon. And it was 
oh, it was the, the biggest struggle at first for me. So, so I, um, I remember that and that, that happened for about a month until eventually I actually started. I mean, I just kind of wasn't thinking about it at that time. Um, but I, I was pretty consistent with it. I, I gave myself that eight hour window of, of eating and for three years, I mean, I, I did that and I even got to a point where I was eating in a four hour window. Sometimes I would have one meal a day. Um, and then I started to dabble with the prolonged fasting in 2019. I did my first three day fast and I kept it strict with water and I added a little salt to retain the water. Um, because I was also continued my workout routine when I kept going to, uh, I practiced Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. And so I kept going to practices every day and that I having never done a prolonged fast and I did a three day fast, a strict three day fast, still working out. It was one of the most bizarre, but yet enlightening experiences I've had. It, it shook me at how clear I was able to think and how just how much energy I had granted working out was so tough. I would almost pass out every single time I went to, especially towards the end of the three day fast, I would legitimately almost pass out. And um, I don't recommend this again. I am not a doctor. I am not a dietitian. So what I'm telling you is just stuff that I have done. So please do not blame me if you get inspired and try this and you're in pain. Um, so yeah, so I, I experienced that first 3 fast and I loved it. And what they don't tell you though is with fasting, you also – so I, I did a little bit of due diligence and I – I was like, there's probably a good way to reintroducing food. You probably just don't want to like start scarfing down food right away. And I'm glad I did that because it did. I definitely like, yeah, saw so like, yeah, exactly right. Reintroduce food slowly. Um, start with maybe a broth. And then after you drink your broth or eat your broth, about an hour later, start incorporating some easier digestible foods. And so I did that, but still for the first couple times that, and I'll just give you a, this is a too much information warning right here. So if you want to just kind of fast forward a little bit, no, no worries, but they don't tell you that once you start introducing food, you get the squirts and it's, um, I don't want to say uncontrollable, but it's uncontrollable. (laughs) You, uh, yeah, there was talk about not trusting a fart. I mean, you literally, there is, yeah, there were some ruined underwear after that first fast. And it happened for at least 24 hours. I had a whole day of, I think I sat on the toilet for an hour because I just, I, w- I didn't feel confident to, to stand up. Um, and so that was like, Oh my gosh, it, that gave me, uh, I was like, was it worth it? Was, was all of this worth it? Did I really do good for my body? Um, and I, 
I mean, things came back to normal. I, I was able to to uh, trust myself to stand up off the toilet and and continue on with my day. But no one told me about that. And like I said, we lost some good underwear out there that first that first fast. But it was a lesson learned. So I moved forward um, and I continued doing like my intermittent fasting and would dabble in with uh, a few prolonged fasts. And as the, about like the next two or three prolonged fasts, same thing happened with the squirts. They just, uh, it just kept happening. So I was like, oh, okay. So this is just something you gotta, you have to expect. Um, So I did my first four day fast in August of 2018. That doesn't sound right. August of 2019. Yeah. August of 2019. I don't know. I did my first prolonged fast or not prolonged, uh, four day fast. And it was actually, I was breaking it. I broke it right before I was driving to my brother had co-founded a music slash art slash movement festival called Serenity Base. Shout out to Serenity Base. Check it out on Instagram. Um, awesome. It was an amazing. I was only there for 24 hours or yeah or so. Amazing time. But I broke it there. So I was I was worried that I was going to get that same squirt experience. Um, and that was the first time when almost the opposite happened and I couldn't go to the bathroom for the longest time. And then when I did, it was a solid, it was one of those glorious, glorious poops that, that we all know. We all know and we all love and we fantasize about those days and it happened. And I was like, Oh my gosh, I broke the curse. Like it's done. And honestly, I think it did. I, ever since then, I, ever since then, my prolonged fasts have always ended with some, after I reintroduce food, give me like 12 hours or so. And I have glorious poops. So yeah, that's, I think probably enough poop talk for this one. But that being said, that brings me kind of around. I, I was then fasting, like I said, normal until about a couple months ago, I actually had an injury and I had an injury to my knee. I needed surgery. So I needed surgery, got surgery and decided to, that it was probably best since the surgery, whenever you have surgery, it obviously causes a lot of stress on your body. You have to, your body is fighting just to rebuild. It has no idea what just happened. So you're, re, you're rebuilding all of the ligaments, all of everything that, that was just done to you. So I was like, okay, when you fast, it puts your body into a state of stress. I'm already stressed out because of my knee. I'm just going to eat regularly. And when I started doing that, I actually was almost enlightened again to, <laughs> to how good food was. It I had like such great energy just eating such small meals and more regularly and just keeping my metabolism going and just staying fueled so that my body could heal and I could rest and I wouldn't be off my sleep schedule. So I now 
I don't practice intermittent fasting anymore. And I've kind of decided because I was like, there has to be a middle ground because I, I love fasting. There's, and we can dive a little bit into what I see in fasting, what I've heard about fasting. So with fasting, what happens is in the first 16 hours or so of fasting, you deplete your body of the calories that you have recently consumed. So anything that you ate recently uh, that's stored in your stomach, stored in your liver as glycogen, that gets consumed and within those like first 16-ish hours or so. So after that happens, and I mentioned this earlier, your body kicks into a state of ketosis, which basically means you start burning fat as fuel. So instead of food, because you just, yeah, you use it all already, your body actually goes to the fat stores in your, in your body. So it starts to eat away at those fat cells and consume that for energy. And it's called ketosis because your body is using, or the fat, when it, when it consumes fat, the energy is converted into what's a, called a ketone. And this might be too sciencey, if not cool, um, but it forms ketones, and that's why it's called ketosis. So that being said, when you go into a state of ketosis, one, I kind of like, for me personally, switching, kind of throwing my body off the the normal routine of just constantly consuming carbs and having uh, having glucose, because that's what carbs really is. Carbs break down into sugar. Sugar is glucose. So after you consume like a piece of bread, your body breaks it down into sugar and consumes that to energy and boom, that's that gets you feeling, feeling good and going. Um, I like switching it up a little for myself and giving my body a curveball. And now it kind of has to like pump the brakes and and do a quick a quick uh, quick switch. So I think it's good just to kind of stress your body out a little bit. I mean, it's the same. That's what exercise is: is you stress your body out so that it can grow and rebuild into a stronger stronger being. So I kind of see it as the same way. And on top of it. There's the mental aspect. Fasting is, is very mental. We can all go without food for quite some time. I actually, in this four-day fast, very rough calculations, assuming that my body to survive needed 2,000 calories a day. I'm 190 pounds, give or take, and I assumed I'm about 15% body fat. And again, these are all, there's a lot of assumptions. I didn't actually measure this stuff out. Um so assuming that, I ran through just a quick calculation, and if I wanted to drop to 0% body fat, which, again, we all know is terrible, I would – yeah, it's horrible for you. Don't do that. But if I wanted to, it would take me 59 days-ish, 59-ish days to reach that 0% body fat, assuming I'm consuming 2,000 calories a day. And so I was like, whoa, that's four days is nothing. So that's just, that was just kind of a, a thing for me to do just to see what, um, 
Yeah, just for fun, honestly. And so, yeah, so we, we don't really need food for, for this amount of time. So you'll be fine. It's a big mental game. You get temptations. If you're on TikTok, Instagram, if you're on social media of any sorts, I don't know about you. I get food things that pop up all the time, and some of the recipes look so good. And the the weirdest part is the cravings. I don't know what women who are pregnant get cravings for, but this is what I imagine it's like. Like I, I would, I went grocery shopping on day four of my fast, probably the worst idea I could have had, and I saw pickles. Now I hate pickles. I I just don't like them. Love cucumbers, don't mind vinegar, don't like them combined. I saw pickles and whew, I, I, I wanted I wanted them all. I just, I was like, what is this? This is not, this isn't right. So yeah, it's, you get those mental cravings and you get like just those little things to tempt you to try, to try and sway you. And luckily my fridge was, I had just come back from staying at my parents for two weeks due to the holidays and my fridge was empty. I didn't have food. So that's why I went shopping on the fourth day. Um, but so yeah, backing it up a little, the reason I like fasting, I like it that it switches up the burning or the energy consumption method, switching from, uh, burning glucose to now burning ketones or going into ketosis. I like the mental discipline that it forces you into. When I say I'm going to commit to four days, I actually commit to four days and I do it. I like that. I like that it, it, yeah, it builds up my mental fortitude. Um, the other thing that actually I really like is what's called autophagy. Now autophagy is a process. It's a natural process in our body that when we when we don't have food or this or glucose to consume and when we go into a state of fasting this process ramps up in our body so the autophagy actually is the process of our healthy young cells. I mean, as you may or may not know, when our bodies are constantly revamping their cells, they're, they're constantly replenishing and depleting good cells and, and bad cells and, and vice versa and so on and so on. So what happens here is that the healthy cells, they, they need food, they want food, they're looking for food since we're not supplying it with them, they actually go and they attack the dead and dying cells. So they consume, it's almost like cannibalism that's going on in your body. Your body, your your healthy cells are now turning and eating themselves, all the weaker ones, to get energy. Now what's cool about this is when you get a buildup of those dead and dying cells, they can cause issues in the body. They can cause tumors to grow. They can cause other sorts of problems. So when you have this process and this cleansing process, it actually attacks and it, those harm, potentially harmful cells and diminishes them. I, I found that to be fascinating, loved it. And that was one of the like nails in the coffin that I wanted to keep doing fasting. 
So that, so those three things with the ketosis, with the mental fortitude, autophagy, and um, I thought there was a one other thing I was going to mention. Fasting, but those three things, I guess, I mean, that was like enough for me. Like I, I really, I really liked ah, the fourth. I really like those three things. The fourth was the fact that your immune system is comprised predominantly in the gut. I believe it's 70 to 80% is in your gut. So a lot of buzzwords these days are your gut health, your gut microbiome. Um, I mean, people that people are craving like the fermented foods and stuff like that. And they're saying it's such so good for your health, probiotics, prebiotics, stuff like that. And if you don't know why it's, that's kind of the basis of it is your immune system is based predominantly in the gut. It will. So when you have an unhealthy gut, something that's filled with just a bunch of nasty bacteria, that's not promoting a healthy lifestyle, you're going to have a lower immune system. When you have a healthy gut, that has a lot of diverse flora or fauna, whatever bacteria are, and that will promote a healthier lifestyle and therefore a stronger immune system. What happens in fasting is because your energy or because you're, you don't have any food and your digestive tract's just not working anymore. It's actually basically on shutdown mode. Um, it's just taking a break, which so much of our energy goes into to fasting or into digesting food. So when we fast, it gives our body a break and a time to restore. It actually, after day three of a fast, 72-hour mark, there have been studies that shown that you completely shed your immune system. And when you rebuild it, a.k.a. you reintroduce food, it replenishes with the, well, with whatever you refeed it with. So that's one of the big things about the refeeding process is if you don't, if you feed yourself in an improper fashion, it could be almost, you're basically not doing anything for your body. You're not going to reap any of the benefits that you just um, kind of suffered through. So the refeeding is almost as important, if not more important than the actual discipline of fasting itself. So that's why I love to break my fast with, uh, with bone broth. And I love to do it with a little bit of like a higher protein, just whole food. So eggs, um, some beef, some light vegetables. I stick, I stay away from cruciferous vegetables for a while. Those just make me bloated. Um, so I stick away from those, but I like like a little bit of spinach, mushroom, cucumber, some some good fruit, mangoes, oranges, any in-season fruit. That's that's always kind of like my go-to of how I how I break a fast and it's made me feel excellent. Excellent. So to kind of tie things together and to talk about the dandelion root tea. And this fa- this four day fast, I I decided, like I said, to incorporate this fast with tea. And so what I decided to do was during the day I was going to drink a puer tea and mixed with dandelion root, 
which Pu'er also has a lot of similar properties to dandelion root where it detoxes the, the liver. It actually binds to any fatty acids that, um, that you just don't want buildup of and helps with the digestive flow of it. Same with the liver where it really is good at detoxing the liver and uh, acts as that diuretic that we talked about. So I, I paired these two and it gave me the Pu'er also has caffeine. So it gave me that boost of energy that, I mean, granted, when I'm fasting, I have such so such high energy that I didn't really need it, but it gave me even more energy. It just made me, it made me feel really good. So the dandelion root, I used it as a supplement to aid in any detoxification, into aiding that process. And if there's any nutrients that are in the dandelion root, like the potassium, um, it, it acts as a good electrolyte because because you're not consuming any electrolytes in the in a fast, it's nice to have a little bit of something. So that's why if you're just going to do a strict water fast, you should probably add a little salt to your water. Or if you're going to do it with tea, um, maybe choose the right teas. So right tea is, I mean, yeah, it's kind of subjective. But I uh, I really liked doing it with pu'er and dandelion root now if you're doing and i don't i hesitate to say if you're gonna fast to lose weight because i don't like that i that's not you're gonna lose weight 100 percent, you'll lose weight on a fast i don't know i didn't measure my i didn't measure my weight before or after but just looking at myself in the mirror i lost weight during this four-day fast and i don't do it to lose weight. I don't, that's not a healthy or sustainable way to lose weight. But if you're fasting to do something to boost your metabolism, which actually it, it doesn't boost your metabolism, but if you want to keep your metabolism um, at a higher rate, green tea is a great, is a great way to do that. Um, but again, I kind of hesitate to say that not a doctor, not a dietitian, And I don't like saying that fasting is for that because I don't think it should be. I think you should practice other more sustainable um, methods such as healthy diet, exercise, you know, the normal things that everyone hates. So that, I guess, my four-day fast ended yesterday. I guess a little bit into that one. I had, I actually had such good energy throughout that whole thing that it was almost on day three, I could not sleep. I, that was probably the biggest downfall of doing the fast was on day three, I could not go to sleep for the life of me. I laid in bed for, and I don't know, I didn't check the time because I was, when I'm in bed, I try to stay away from my phone because especially when it's time to sleep. It's just the phone will keep me up for a while. So if I had to guess, it felt like I laid there and thought for two to three hours. And just because my mind was going and going and reeling. And so that was probably the biggest upset. And what I've heard about, and I looked it up because this is not the first time it happened. This happened um, the first time I did my prolonged fast and it's happened every other, every fast prolonged fast I've done. And I've heard, and 
I kind of buy into it, that this happens because if you think evolutionarily about fasting and just your body, when our ancestors used to be starving themselves, because that's what fasting technically is in a sense, when they were forcibly starved because they just didn't have food, their bodies would or their, would tell them to, hey, stay up, have energy, be awake so that you can go out and you can go hunt, you can go gather, you can do these things, you can have that energy. So when I'm three days into a fast, my body might be reverting back to those things being like, yo, get up, go get some food, go hunt, go gather for me, go to the refrigerator, go to your cabinets and shove every order of pizza. <laughs> I was craving carbs like no other. Oh, that was good. But that was probably the worst part about it on day three. And then day four, I, uh, yeah, I broke my fast. So, um, and then, like I said, just, it was, it was a really good, it was a really great process. If you're interested Again, reach out to people, to dietitians. There's, I've read a few things that talking about fasting for men, fasting for women, and there's a lot of differences, and every body is different. So please do your research. Please listen to your body. Like, don't take what I'm saying as, as like the truth. It's, it's my experience, but you need to figure stuff out for yourself and, and I highly recommend reaching out to people who actually know this stuff a little bit um, a little bit better and study this stuff because what I talk about is um, again my experience and just from what I've listened to other people talk about so so that's been my fasting journey um, and like I said I'm my, my plan forward is I like the idea of I love the idea of these fasts for the reasons I, I told you about, but I also love how I've been feeling having waking up, starting my day with food and eating consistently throughout the day just to keep my metabolism going and to keep that energy. So what I've kind of decided is to sporadically throw in like a 24 hour fast here and there, maybe like once a month, twice a month, and then like every six months do a three or four day, five day fast. Um, that's been my schedule that I've kind of at least thought about kind of committed to for 2021, but we'll see. I'm, I'm open to changes. I'm always constantly learning about things, listening to my body. And that's the most important part is listening to your body. Um, in regards to the tea and fasting, it's a, it's such a, Nice little supplement has no calories, so you don't have to worry about breaking that ketosis. Um, don't add sugar, obviously, to the tea, um, and and yeah, it's a good. I'd say do the research, do some research if interested. Talk with professionals. Reach out to me. I'd love to share more about it, about my fast, and um, and yeah. So that's all I had for today. I do want to end, of course, with the Urban Dictionary T-word of the day. This one isn't really a T-word, though. It's 
kind of just more in relation to what we've just been talking about, and that is fasting. Now, if you listen to the first one, we there were like six definitions on Urban Dictionary. Let's see. I just pulled it up. We got one, two, three. We got four definitions, and three of them are really short. One of them is long. I'm excited to read that one. So starting with the first definition, fasting. What is fasting? Fasting is when you consume no food or drinks, with the exception of water, for a set period of time. It's important to drink plenty of water, not just because you're not eating, but because it's easier to draw blood from your veins when you're well hydrated. I was fasting overnight. My doctor told me to. Okay. Definition number two, and this one is a long one. Fasting. A cleanings, a cleanings way of detoxing your body of unwanted stuff, often misused by people who want to lose weight. Fasting isn't a good way to lose weight. It is, however, often used to clean to cleans cleans the body if used right. I don't know. Side note: I don't know who who writes these. I don't think it's professionals. So take these as you will. Um, so back to what I was saying. Allow me. Okay, so hold up. Allow me to explain. In some <laughs> in some cutlers. And even religions, many people believe by not eating, you are cleansing the soul of toxins. Fasting is only supposed to last three to seven days. However, many people go overboard with this thinking it will help them lose weight. At, at, fur, at Furzies, fur, furs, yes, furs, yes, but that at first, yes, but then the body begins to re reganize the fast and will start storing fat in order to keep it from losing precision fuel. On other note, on other note, it causes your metabolism to drop down. Yes, the way you eat can affect your metabolism and by not eating your metabolism will shut off. I've seen skinny girls who think they are fat and in order to lose weight they try and fast. But they often gain that weight back and it turns into fat. They keep on fasting and more fat added on until their body are messed up. Fasting is also a form of balmia. Open parentheses. Many people think balmia has to do with purging, but this is not always the case. Many women who are balmia, who are balmia will fast for one to two weeks a month thinking it'll make them thin. They do lose weight, but only muscle weight. There was no close parentheses to that. Um, oh, another open parentheses. Muscle, bur- muscle helps burn cows and helps speed up your meta- metabolism. Close parentheses. Fat does not. Fat just slows down the metabolism. So ladies, if you're going to fast, think about this. Do you really want to ruin your body? Here's what fasting can do, open parentheses, only if it's prolonged prolong and misused. Yes, it's often used to cleanse the body of toxins, but only if used right by drinking juices or water for 24 to 72 hours, then slowly add food into your diet. Uh, this one, there's no close parentheses again to this. Uh, this will keep your body from, oh man, Conf- confangin, con- confangin, 
If you are going to use it to cleanse your body, only do this every three to six months to keep your body from storing fat. Also, talk to your doctor about this. I've done this and got my doctors okay. Now the list of things it it can do if misused. Head acts, bloating, stomach pains, unwanted weight gain, yo-yo diet, going from weight to next to the next, dizziness and fainting, memory loss, and bad breath, and death. <laughs> Although this is rare and only caused by those who really overdo a fast. So ladies and gents, is your lives slash body really worth it? If you want to lose weight, fine. But please do it the right way. Jane is fasting this month, poor thing. Doesn't know it only hurts her. It's only hurting her body. I fasted for 72 hours in order to cleanse my body. And I felt, and I feel great. That was a lot. That was a lot there to unpack. Um, I think I'm going to move on. Yeah, I'm going to move on. Number three. Restraining from food or beverages for an extended period of time, often associated with religion. I've been fasting, so I need to have three egg rolls. (laughs) And number four, a way to starve your body to become, and then there's some glittery emojis, skinny. I don't worry about my weight because I'm always fasting. Wow. Thank you, Urban Dictionary, for enlightening us. So that is it, friends, Teamigos. Thank you so much for joining me today on today's podcast about fasting and dandelion root tea. Should you have any questions, please reach out to me at Vince at FreshSteeps.com. That's Vince at FreshSteeps.com. Send me an email, send me a note, whatever you want. Uh, Or you can DM me on social medias. I'm on Instagram at Fresh Steeps, as well as TikTok at Fresh Steeps, and Facebook as well. However, give the Instagram and TikTok a check out before uh, Facebook. I'm just more active on it. So thank you again. Have a blessed day and enjoy your team.